using our position, using our resources, using our talents and abilities today while we have them, as we may not have them tomorrow. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through his series called Close Encounters with Jesus. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. If you have your Bible this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 16. Now, what we find here in uh, the book of Luke is uh, Jesus here is speaking. And what I really find amazing here, he's speaking not to everyone, but he's speaking to his disciples. Father, as we go to your word, we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And God, we know that whenever we read your words, we are never the same. When we have close encounters with you, God, you transform us and you cause us to think differently than we used to think. So, Father, for every person listening this morning, I pray that you change the way we think. You change the way we we do things. And God, just ask you that your Holy Spirit would now come in a special way. Touch our hearts. Change us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look here at chapter 16, verse 1, and Jesus also said to his disciples. Now, friends, this is important because you always want to look at the context of God's word. People have said, oh, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. I agree if you take it out of context. But if you look at context, and that means like an example, 20 verses before, 20 verses after, you're going to get a pretty good idea of what the placement of this verse is, what it means, who it was said to, why it was said, all those different reasons. And I think that's all very, very important. He said to his disciples, now I I want you to remember that. Who are his disciples? Those who were close to him, those that he loved, those that he wanted to impart these great truths that come from God to us. Okay, this is what he says. There was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his good. He was an embezzler is what he was. We're going we're gonna to just see how, what kind of a skilled, slick machine this guy had going in embezzlement. Now, you got to remember a couple things. First thing is, we remember when the woman come, broke the alabaster box of ointment and poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with his hair, Judas Iscariot was indignant. Why? This was 
over a year's worth of labor. The money could have been, uh, this could have been sold in the money given to the poor. The Bible says it's not that he cared about the poor, but he had been embezzling from the disciples all along and it would have been more money to embezzle. So I think it's interesting. First of all, Jesus is educating his disciples on taking good uh, observation of our resources and at the same time convicting Judas Iscariot. And I think this is really important that we realize this when we look at this story. Now it says, this certain rich man. Um, who is that rich man? I believe uh, it could be God. Uh, we're entrusted with things. Um, all of us, every one of us listening, every one of us in this room, we're entrusted with things. And, and you know, this is one of probably one of the better understandings of wealth in the Bible. Because we, we remember that there's a couple ingredients that goes into a completed person, a completed man or a woman. And that is, first of all, we realize that when we become born again by the Spirit of God, our name is written in heaven. That's our eternal home. We always want to remember that. The second thing is, because God loves you, loves me, God entitles us, God puts into us gifts. Now, some, I believe, can be natural born. Some people are just natural born musicians. Some people are just naturally born to be able to figure things out. Some people are naturally born to be a good cook. And there's others that, that, that have different skills in, in monetary values and things like this. We all have those kinds of gifts. And then there's God's gifts that he gives us on top of those gifts to use those for his kingdom. And so there was this rich man, and he calls into account his stewardship. And so he said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Now, I believe really, friends, this could be said of anyone, all of us, to give a good account of what we are doing. Uh, have you ever just, have you ever had somebody walk up to you and say, what are you doing? And you haven't got a clue. <laughs> you, you think you're getting something. In other words, you're trying to refinish a table and you're, you're grinding it and you're sanding it. And somebody walks up to you and you can tell by the way you're doing it, that it isn't coming out the way you want it to. And someone comes up to you and says, what are you doing? And you go, I haven't the foggiest, but I'm still busy. Dangerous place to be. The hurrier I go, the behinder I get. Well, that's kind of the mentality of what sometimes this happens. I believe that there's a time of accountability. That's what this man did to his servant. He said, what is this I hear about you that you're wasting my goods? He simply came to him and began to ask him questions. Now notice verse 3. The steward said within himself, uh-oh, what shall I do? My master is taking my stewardship away from me. I cannot dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. He knew his livelihood. He knew his income was going to change. First of all, he says, I don't want to dig, and I ain't going to beg. That tells me two things about the guy. One, he was lazy. Two, he was prideful. Those are always two really scary things about being a steward. If we're lazy with what we have, 
And if, again, as it tells us here, we're prideful in what we have. Remember, everything you have, everything I have, has been given to us. Whether it's a talent from God when we're born, or whether it's a gift that God gives us, but we come into this world naked, the Bible says we leave it naked. So we are stewards. We're trustees of great things. Now, we look at this guy. This guy's in trouble. He knows, I'm busted, okay? He's been doing his little scam deal, little little con game that he'd been doing all along, and finally now it's catching up to him. And he realizes he's in trouble. Verse 4, I have resolved what thing I should do, that when I am put off out of the stewardship, that they may receive me into their houses. What am I going to do? Well, I'm in a position right now I'm not always going to be in my position, so I want to use my resources now to make friends. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him. And he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? This guy is wheeling and dealing now. He's busted. He's always going to lose his position And so what is he going to do? He begins to call all of his master's creditors. And he's going to be making some sweetheart deals. And so he says, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. Now, by the way, just as commodities are traded today on the stock market around the world, oftentimes commodities are used to pay debt. And this is what we find all the time we talk about our, our trade deficits and these kinds of things. Well, this is what they were using. They didn't always just use money, denarii, and things like that, but they would actually use commodities for the resources. And so he says, how much do you owe my master? And he says, a hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write down 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. Now you go, what's this going on? First of all, the day of accountability came. The master saw what his wicked servant had did. He went and contacted all the creditors. How much do you owe my master? Well, we're going to cut the bill in half. Well, why was he doing that? Because he knew the people that he cut the debt in half for would be friendly to him when he lost his job. It reminds me of a story that I heard. And, um, uh, and I won't mention the, the name of a chain restaurant or particularly the game. But this is what was going on. Big chain restaurant went and made uh, uh, this game based upon a popular board game many people know about. And you go, and every time you'd buy a hamburger or whatever you would get, you would get a puzzle piece. And you start collecting all these puzzle pieces. But as we all know, once you get that little card and you got all those little puzzle pieces stuck on there, there's always the one missing that makes you the million dollars or the $500,000. 
Well, they come to find out as they began to examine the winners, they found that they were all within a several hundred miles of the place where they were printing these little stickers. The guy was selling the key piece to his buddies. And he would sell those at a reduced rate. So in other words, I'll sell you this missing million dollar puzzle piece for $500,000. What a deal. We all win. Well, they finally caught up to the guy. I understand the guy's probably in prison right now from what they say. But he was using his position by a big restaurant company. And he was using that to make money on the side because he was the printer of the key piece. Now, what happens here is the master... Notice, in fact, I get this question on every man and answer quite often. It says, verse 8, So the master commended him, the unjust steward, because he dealt shrewdly. People say, isn't that word supposed to be condemned, his servant? It says he commended him. How is it that the master could commend what the servant did? Well, friends, he wasn't commending what he did as much as he was using his position. That's where we're at today. First, a couple of things. You, me, we all have resources, talents, and abilities. We all have that. And here's what the deal is. How do we use those abilities, talents, resources to further the kingdom of heaven? That's what this is about. And the reason why the master commended this unjust servant was that he used the position that he was in while he was in it to protect himself and to further this guy's personal agenda. He used his position to protect himself. Jesus said he was commended for that. Here's why. Friends, every one of us we're in a world. And we know one thing, if you haven't learned very much in this world, everything changes all the time. Reminds me of a story that I heard about a man uh, that was, as they were getting on the helicopters, as they were vacating Saigon in the uh, Vietnam War, the man had a million dollars and he brought the satchel out and he gave it to an American GI and said, here, take this. He said, I don't know, but I, I believe nothing. It, it's not going to be worth anything tomorrow when the North Vietnamese overran South Vietnam. And truth, it wasn't. Everything changes all the time. One of the greatest things that I believe people want in their, in their lifestyle is we want Comfort and we want security. We want that. That's part of nature of, of people. But we live in a changing world that never stays the same. And because it never stays the same, your sphere of influence, your position, place, and whatever you might be may change as well. And what Jesus was saying in this story was use the position that you're in today to further the kingdom of heaven. You may not be in that position tomorrow. I think of maybe perhaps a a Christian principal in a school that allows a Bible club to get started on campus. Perhaps the next principal will not allow that to happen on campus. 
You think about a lot of different things that go on. Using our position, using our resources, using our talents and abilities today while we have them, as we may not have them tomorrow. Again, you may be the richest person in the world in South Vietnam, just days before the North, Korea, North uh, Vietnamese overran Saigon, but once they overrun it, the money's all changed, you don't have anything. Things change. You know, we like that security, don't we? We like all things to remain the same as they are, but they don't always do that. Why is that? Because we live in a changing world. One of the things the Bible tells us is that if your hope is not in Christ, and if you get caught up and you have all your ducks in a row based on this world and the world changes, you're going to find yourself frustrated and lonely and broken. And this is why so many people, when they put their hope and trust in this world, they find themselves failing because the world keeps changing. I think about the stories that I heard about in, in the stock market crash in the 20s. And we remember that these people that were so wealthy one day when the stock market crashed, they were jumping out of high-rise building windows, committing suicide. Why is that? Because things change. You see, the first thing when we come to Christ is we do not base our life any longer upon the things of this world, but upon the eternal kingdom of God. I now, as a Christian recognize it's going to change. People in the world don't want it to change, don't believe it's going to change. All things remain as they are, but a Christian says, I know it is all going to change. In fact, if you talk to many people today that that uh, are not born again, they think they're just going to go on and on and on. They're never going to die. Death is for some faraway time in a faraway place million years from now when they don't realize that death can come tomorrow. Death can come this afternoon. So the problem is we like the security of things not changing, but the fact of the matter is it is all changing. We look around the world today and we see alliances that were once unbelievable. Now they are friends. We see people that we thought would never be enemies or or friends become enemies. These are part of the things that we see in our world. The Bible tells us There's only one thing that never changes, and that's God's eternal love for you and for me. That's what I need, because I have to have a basis to live. You can't live your life each day if everything keeps changing all the time, but you can live your life each day if you know that your heart and life is in the hands of someone who never changes. That's what the Bible talks about. Now, what do we do here? Well, we got this steward, unjust realizing what he had, knew he wasn't going to have it very long, and so he did the best with it while he had it for himself. Now, here's what Jesus is saying to us, I believe. When you and me, we take a good inventory of our life, what are the things that you have? What is your talents? What are your abilities? What are your skills? You know, the Bible talks about supernatural gifts, as I mentioned earlier. And it also talks about the natural gifts, gifts you were born with. I'm really amazed how I watch some of these people, these musicians that we have up here. They're really amazing to me because they can pick up a guitar and just as if you're a mechanic and you look at a bolt and you say, well, I think that bolt's a half inch bolt. And you go and over your toolbox and you get a half inch wrench and you put it right on there and it fits just right. You go, yeah. Now, for me, I'll lose that wrench and spend the rest of the day looking for it. But the point is, you, you know exactly what it is. But do you realize musicians, 
in their head they can hear things and they go, this needs to be uh, the note of A. And they know right where to find it and go, bing. And they go, yep, that's an A. They know just like you know a half-inch wrench, they know where to get the note, the letter, the, the note they need for the song they're playing. That's, to me, that's really an amazing gift. I've seen people that have gone to, to music lessons and to guitar lessons, and they're all going to be a rock star. And, 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 and they go, and they go, and they go, and it just is not in them. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever tried to do something that, like, you really wanted to do it, but you weren't cut out to do it? Oh, that's what happens sometimes. Well, here's the thing. I believe true wisdom, and I believe true godly reality comes, first of all, when we accept Christ as our Savior. That's really important. Because that, we, the Bible says, we pass from death unto life. But then God goes through with us and helps us look at what we're good at doing. What the gifts God's given you. He's got gifts given you all gifts. You know, some people, they say that, that they have tried everything they can do, and they couldn't be a socialite if they wanted to be. You know what I mean by a socialite? Somebody that just has that gift to be able to walk up to somebody they don't even know and start talking to them. Well, that'd scare most of us to death, wouldn't it? But, you know, they do that. They don't even think twice about it. Hey, man, how are you doing? We usually call them salesmen. Whether they're selling cars or something else, they, 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 they're just really people people. You know what I mean? How do you do that? Well, do you go to school when you see somebody walk up and say, hi, I like your tie. No, you know, you, you just, you just walk up and they're just who they are. Those are gifts that God gives. Now, here's the point. What about if we took a good inventory of our personal lives? Now that I'm a child of God and I realize that all good things come down from the Father of lights, what if I use those talents, abilities, resources to further the kingdom of God rather than myself? That's what the story's about. He commended the servant because he used what he had while he had it. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.